Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Halloween night. By the time you guys listen to this, it will be November 1st of 2019. And unfortunately, it was a pretty scary night for the Denver Nuggets offense, for the Denver Nuggets defense, for Denver Nuggets fans in general. Hello, you're listening to the Denver Stiffs show. My name is Ryan Blackburn, site manager for Denver Stiffs. I am joined today by my esteemed lead voice and senior writer at Denver Stiffs. It is Brandon Ewing. Brandon, how are you, man? Um, you know, I can't complain. Halloween night. Uh, I'm having a pretty good night myself, but the Nuggets, on the other hand, did not have the best Halloween beer here to discuss everything that happened in New Orleans. Yeah, man, you told me you, you consumed the game that he does, yeah. and it was not as close as it seems. The Nuggets were down by as many as about 21 points at one point, and the garbage time kind of ensued at about the seven-minute mark when Michael Malone removed his stars for bad effort. Uh, what do you make of that from Malone tonight, and do you think that the starters will receive that message loud and clear? You would certainly hope so, because any of that message, he's, he's not sending the message just for giggles. He's sending it to, to get a point across, and I will say it was cool to see those Nuggets backups and the guys that haven't really got a chance to play this season come in and actually play some pretty good minutes, especially for Michael Porter. I know we'll get to him later in the pod, but yeah, the Nuggets starters were definitely struggling tonight, and uh, I, I hope that they will hear the message loud and clear and respond Saturday night in Orlando. Michael Malone had some scathing things to say after the game. I won't get to them here, but it was basically along the lines of all that talking doesn't mean shit if you're not able to back it up. Fair enough. It seems like a valid point to me from the performance we watched for two and a half hours in New Orleans. <laughs> it was it was brutal. Uh, but let's get into it. I ca- one of the things that I want to do, uh, the Nuggets aren't themselves when they're hungry is the theme of this podcast. Uh, it is a Snickers theme. It is a candy Halloween theme. I feel pretty proud of it. Uh, but clearly, there's something off. There's something wrong, and what I want to do is I want to play pop psychologist on some of the starters for this first segment. We don't want to get into Will Barton. I thought he's been pretty good so far this season. Not perfect. Like, you never expect perfection from somebody who's coming off of an injury like he had, coming off of a rehab process like he had, but he's been pretty good, I would say. I really want to get into the starting group tonight. That was Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and Tori Craig. Tori Craig filling in for Will Barton, who is out today with a or left and switched onto a guard or a forward, he has an even better matchup where it really lends itself that he should probably be aggressive in those situations, but we're just not seeing that sort of aggression. A lot of people have referenced his energy and effort level. Do you think that's something, do you think there's something there? Is that something that you agree with? Is the, is the energy level something that he needs to bring up? Yes, only because the rest of this Nuggets team, I mean, just everyone goes off of him. So the energy that he brings to the court kind of resonates with everybody else out there, and that's just not something we're seeing right now. And I don't know if it's 
it's more of that or it's just a lack of I don't know if it's a lack of focus. It's just frustrating to see when he has six shots tonight and he makes five of them. So just imagine if he shot 12 of them, how many more he would have made and how much a difference would have made in the game. I mean, he just needs to be way more aggressive offensively. And I get it's it's one of those things where because I coach quarterbacks because I'm a high school football coach and the, right. the quarterback always wants to feed every receiver and make every receiver happy. Nikola Jokic wants to pass it to every single player on the court and make every single player happy. But honestly, that might not always be the best thing for this Nuggets team. The best thing for this Nuggets team might be for him just to be aggressive and score the basketball and have that mindset. He just needs to he, – he's going to make everyone happy on the court because they know how good a passer he is and what he can do with the ball. But he needs to do what's best for him, and what's best for him and this team is him being aggressive, taking those matchups against the Jaleel Okafors, the guys that struggle on defense, and just score the basketball because he's 5 of 6 tonight. That's It's almost 100% shooting percentage. I mean, just just and put the ball. The up. only the only shot that he missed was kind of a almost a heave three, kind of late in the shot clock possession, where he was shot exactly. from about twenty seven, twenty eight feet out of rhythm. So, I think that there's definitely something to be said for that, where his aggressiveness sets the tone for the rest of the guys. And when you let Jamal Murray completely dictate the offense, when you let Gary Harris completely dictate how things are going to go off of dribble handoffs, when you let Paul Millsap get his touches in the post, then it's not always going to get to the right place. And I think we see more often than not that Nikola Jokic makes the right decision with the basketball, but oftentimes the right decision lies with him, lies with his own personal scoring. Exactly. And another point to go on that, if he's aggressive offensively and he's looking to shoot more, it is only going to open up those other guys more because they're going to they're gonna have to stop Jokic scoring the basketball. So then the passing lanes and everything else is going to be just more open. So he had, a, he had a situation tonight specifically where he was backing down a player on the left block and the defense completely collapsed on him and he turned baseline and flung this pass to Gary Harris completely blind. Gary Harris had all day to shoot a wide open three, bricked it. Now, you don't like the result, but you certainly like the process where because Nikola Jokic was down there banging and being aggressive and, and threatening the defense with a shot – that if he continues to do that, then those possessions are going to continue to finish with either Jokic post-ups, which are great, or spot-up opportunities or cuts for others, which are also great. Exactly. And, th- and those open buckets are really what you want because, you know, obviously they weren't falling tonight, but they're going to fall more often than not. And his aggressive nature offensively is what leads to those open looks and it what leads the Nuggets starters and their offense as a whole to be more successful than they were tonight against the Pelicans. Let's talk about Jamal Murray really quick because I think he's been the best player on this team thus far, and I actually don't think it's very close. Uh, With the way that Nikola Jokic has kind of pouted a little bit, with the way that he's not running the team, I think that Jamal Murray has actually done a pretty decent job of filling that void. He doesn't always get the assist opportunities that that Jokic has from just being the hub and what, what the offense generally sets its standards around. But Jamal Murray is making a lot of great reads. I think I think he's he's making some solid passes to guys and finding open players when when he can. He finished tonight with 14 points and six assists and three turnovers. Though one of those turnovers was not his fault, to be clear. Um, the shooting has not come along, but I'm really impressed with what I've seen from Jamal Murray. Is that kind of your general assessment too with him? 
No, I, I agree completely. I, I'm very impressed with his playmaking. His his passing has gotten way, way better. You you, you could just tell from, from watching him night in and night out. But the, the thing that I am wanting to see more improvement from is those shooting numbers, and especially from the, the three-point line. I mean, he was only one of four again tonight, and he's getting pretty good looks. It's it's almost like he's just overthinking them, and he's, he's just barely missing them. So I think once he gets those shots to go in, it's only going to help him more, just like with Nikola Jokic, but, but I would agree with you. I think Jamal's been really good through five games so far, and I think that he's having a, a better start to his season than he has in previous years, and that's a really good sign for him. He looks more comfortable out there. He looks like a veteran. He looks like somebody who is a lot more uh, comfortable with what's going on around him, comfortable in his own skin. A lot more uh, poised. Yeah, absolutely. In those in those late clock situations, I think he's definitely the best option for Denver, unless it's a deep post up for Nikola Jokic or like an isolation possession for him. Uh, I also think that Jamal's defense has taken a step forward. It's still not good to great, but it will do at this point. I think the Nuggets are are probably going to continue to play Gary Harris on the tougher assignment. So as long as Jamal Murray can defend the second best perimeter assignment, then I think that that's a, that's a reasonable option for them. Um, let's look at Gary Harris real quick because I think that he's been probably the biggest disappointment offensively in my opinion. There are certainly things that he's done well, and I think he's shot the ball reasonably well from three to start the year. But the finishing just isn't there, and and the playmaking for others has been bad too. Yeah, and I mean he, he has been really good defensively, but that that'll only get you so far. And I think the offense, like you pointed out, his three point shooting hasn't been bad this year. But again, he was only one of five tonight, and, and he gets some pretty good looks that he's missing too, kind of just like with Jamal Murray. So I think that his offense definitely just take a step forward. And I I just remember. Uh, two years ago when Gary Harris was like one of the best finishers the Ram have ever seen like he was doing reverse layups every night like it was his job and we haven't seen that Gary Harris like patented reverse laying in a while and I think that's something that kind of he needs to see go through the rim so he can be like oh yeah I, I, I can do this still he's also had a lot of opportunities to do it because the Nuggets have they've been trusting him with the ball in his hands as the starter a lot of the time whether it's with DHOs with Nikola Jokic or back cuts or or even some pick and roll and isolation opportunities, like he has had the opportunities to succeed, I think, and has not really stepped up. He has six assists so far compared to nine turnovers on the season. That's six assists over five games, which means he's averaging 1.2 assists per game. That is really bad. And when you're playing as many minutes as he has, you have to find ways to get others involved. And I know that he is at his best when he's going downhill and finishing like you said, but if, if the shot isn't dropping, then sometimes you just have to look for others in the flow of the offense. Exactly. He, he just needs to do what's best for the offense moving forward, and I think he will. I mean, we're only five games in, so, so it's tough to pinpointed here and there and I mean a lot of stuff's gone right a lot of stuff hasn't but I think Gary will figure out offensively and again he's he's has such a good value to this team defensively and it really picks up all the other players when they're on the court when they're playing defense so I think that he's he's making up for it on that end of the court but certainly if he can contribute more offensively it's only going to help his confidence and this team's confidence moving forward those are the three main guys really offensively Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris when they're on the same page, when Nikola Jokic is being aggressive downhill towards the rim, 
when Jamal Murray's shot is going from the perimeter, when Gary Harris is being versatile and and making the right decisions with the basketball and finishing at the rim at a high clip. I think that this team is going to get back to a really strong foundation, but without those guys performing at optimal levels, it's it's really hard to generate great offense. They are going to be the three bell cows for how Denver operates now and how they operate moving forward. And if they cannot generate great offense, then I think that that's a that's a large indicator that they may not be the three players the Nuggets need to set their set it and forget it with with their future lineups. So we will we'll see how that goes. Let's talk about Paul Millsap and Tori Craig really quick. I think that there's less to talk about with these guys. Um, Paul Millsap has been a good shooter, but he's still not like a a spacer. Teams are going to let him shoot. I think that his inside-the-arc offense is a lot more important, and I don't think he's finished at that rate that you would hope a guy like him to finish when he gets those opportunities. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And and coming into tonight, the the best part of his offensive game this year has been the three point shooting. And I wrote a I wrote an a article about Millsap the other day on DenverStiffs.com about how I check it out. Would, great website. Great. I've heard, I've heard great things. I really have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wrote an article about he's been aging like fine wine. And I mean, I agreed with it. But but tonight you kind of saw a step back and some sour grapes. But you know that that happens. But but the thing that uh, was really interesting to me in the article was Millsap's three point shooting this year, which has been really good. I mean, he's shooting just under fifty percent from three, and it's not like he's taking him a small amount of attempts. Like he's taken fifteen attempts from three, and that was in the first four games. And then tonight, he took no threes whatsoever, and he went three of eight shooting from the field. So his outside shooting has been the best part of his out, his offensive game. But we didn't see him take any of those tonight, and then he only finishes with ten points and three rebounds in fifteen minutes. The Nuggets are eventually going to have to go away from the Paul Millsap post-ups just because I I remember having this argument with people last year when it wasn't working that – that okay, so they're they're saying that hey, you work for the playoffs. You that's something that you continue to develop, and when the playoffs come around, then then that's a that's an option that you can go to. And sometimes in the playoffs, that was an option. There were times where where it worked, and there were times where it didn't. And and while that was just one tool in the toolbox, I think the Nuggets really need to come up with ways to utilize Millsap so that he can be an effective offensive player without having the ball in his hands that much because the more the ball is in his hands, especially on the low block or in isolation areas, the less it's in Nikola Jokic's hands in those situations. So that's a that's a tough look and and I we're we're gonna see. I do agree with you that the three point shooting has been good. It needs to happen more frequently if he wants to develop a threat as a true three-point spacer because teams are going to let him shoot it if the if he's only taking one or two or three a game. If he's taking four or five, then then people are going to start looking and paying attention to it. Uh, okay. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. If he starts taking four or five a game and he's making those ones or twos, twos, twos is much better, then they're going to have to respect it and it's going to help the Nuggets offense a lot. And then your your point was great about the post-ups. they got to get the ball in Nikola Jokic's hands and the more it's in Millsap's hands in the, in the low post, it's not in Jokic's hands and that's what they need. 
for sure. I uh, yeah, no, I I totally agree. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about Tory Craig real quick. He did not have a good game tonight. Uh, Brandon Ingram was his primary assignment against the Pelicans, and Brandon Ingram had twenty five points on twelve field goal attempts. Now that was not all against Tory Craig, and there were a lot of moments where Millsap was matched up with Brandon Ingram, and that looked awful too. However, the fact is, like even with Tory Craig out there, there was nobody that could stop a six foot eight six foot nine scoring forward and a lot of these teams that the Nuggets are going to be facing in these playoff rounds have a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard or a LeBron James or or a Brandon Ingram and if you can't stop Brandon Ingram then you sure as hell don't have an opportunity to to stop LeBron and Kawhi Mm-hmm. No, I agree completely. And, and Torrey's main role on this team is being that defensive specialist. And the guy he was matched up against tonight kind of just had a field day and was going off left and right. And, I mean, another thing that Torrey has to be able to do is still contribute offensively. And tonight, and, and he needs to be that three-point shooter that they can just set out on the wing, and when they give him the pass, he's wide open, he makes a shot. And tonight he was 0 of 3 from 3, and he only scored two points. He was only 1 of 4 shooting from the field. Like, he has a, his one buck. It actually came on a really nice bounce pass from Nikola Jokic that he uh, he finished for a layup. But then again, he was still 0-3 from distance, and his primary guy he was guarding scored 25 points, and all 25 of them seemed to be coming pretty easily. But like you said, Millsap was matched up against him from time to time, but still, 25 points for Brandon Ingram. I mean, Brandon Ingram was good, but he was uh, it was really easy for him to get those 25 points tonight. Torrey hasn't made a three-point shot since the opener against Portland when everybody was making shots. Uh, that to me is a pretty strong indicator that there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, I mean, Tory shot from three really good in the second half of the last season. Like he was over 40% from three, which, which at the time it could have seemed like a statistical anomaly, but then again, he was good from shooting three in the playoffs too. But then to start this season, it's back to how it was at the beginning of last season where he's struggling to make those shots from distance. And again, the the problem isn't necessarily the attempts or the actual percentage. The fact is that Brandon Ingram on multiple occasions was sitting right under the rim, uh, protecting the rim against other people and, and just baiting Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic to throw that pass to Torrey Craig in the opposite corner and and daring them to throw that pass to him to shoot. So teams just do not care that Tory Craig is open. That is a fact. That is an unfortunate reality. And until he can consistently knock that down and prove that he deserves to have some defensive respect, then it, it's going to be a tough sell, especially with Paul Millsap in there. So this Tory Craig, Paul Millsap starting lineup, I think the Nuggets should do the right thing and fire it into the sun. Yeah, I agree completely. It didn't work. <laughs> Did not work at all. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we would come back. I want to talk about Michael Porter Jr.'s debut. He was great. He was fun. Uh, had some bad moments, but we don't really care about those because he finally played minutes. So when we come back, I will we'll see how this goes. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
Welcome back. This is the Denver Stiff Show. I'm here with Brandon Ewing, lead voice and senior writer at Denver Stiffs. Uh, Jenna Garcia and Zach Mikosh are out today. We will get them on next week, hopefully. Uh, Going to see how that goes. But let's talk about Michael Porter Jr. because I think there was a lot of speculation that he may not play tonight. And, and it was something that was said at in, before in, in the pregame stuff. But it turns out Michael Porter Jr., his debut was today, and he looked great. He was he was awesome. Uh Brandon, I, I know you don't don't even look at the numbers with this guy right now. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., how did he look out there? What were your first impressions of him on the court with that second unit? Two words. I'm sold. I'm right. sold. I'm there we go. You. He was fantastic. I'm sold. People need to buy all the stock. He was everything you thought he would be. And I even remember him. I was just watching him in the fourth quarter, and I was like, holy cow, this guy needs to play more. You, you can just tell <laughs> how gifted and how talented he is. I mean, he gets the ball in his hands, and he does some special things with it. Like, you could be guarding him right in his face, and it doesn't matter. He can score literally on anyone in the world. And I feel like he he plays with that mentality, and that mentality is huge for this Nuggets team, who's been who've been struggling a little offensively. Having a guy who's just like, yeah, you gave me the ball, and I'm gonna score no matter what it takes. And you can tell every time he has the ball in his hands, he literally thinks he's gonna score. And that mentality is really fun to watch. And he showcased that all night tonight. Let's look at the numbers really quick. 15 points on 5 of 8 from the field, 1 of 3 from the three-point line, 4 of 6 from the free-throw line. Uh, The 4 of 6, I think, is a really interesting part because he repeatedly got to the line because the Pelicans could not deal with him when he was matched up against somebody that was too small. Uh, He repeatedly got into the paint, and that was where a number of his finishes came from and where all of his foul shots came from. So I thought that that was a really impressive part of this game, and just having somebody that's 6'10", 6'11", that's at the three spot, that's a massive, massive advantage. So uh, the, the first basket that he scored, he wasn't really involved in the offense to start the game, but the first basket, he caught the ball on the wing, on the right wing, and just drove right past Josh Hart, who is a great defender and a smaller guy who should be able to stay in front of Michael Porter Jr. Josh Hart was dusted, just completely gone from the play, and Michael Porter Jr. got past him in a few strides, a couple, couple dribbles, and laid it up on the other side of the rim. Very easy, no problem. Uh, that was a really impressive move and something that I am not going to forget because there was a lot of questions about whether he would be able to drive to the rim, and I, I think he sold it tonight. Yeah, I think he sold it too. And you could just tell when he got the ball in his hands there that he was on a mission. He was not going to be denied. And that, and it's it just, man, I get too excited talking about it because he really is a fun guy to watch. And then when he's out there, he just gives you so, so many things to like. And that first bucket was, man, I can picture it now. Gets the ball, driving to the left, easy layup. Just It's just walking the park for him. He's just another day at the office. And this is, remind you, this is his first NBA minutes. Like, I know he played in the preseason, but he's only, this is only his fifth game in like two, two years. Only his fifth game in two years, and it looked like he hadn't skipped a beat. Hadn't missed a day. The the only game where he was really bad in the preseason was one where he was kind of benched in the fourth quarter and didn't – or not not in the fourth quarter, benched until the fourth quarter, didn't really know what his role was going to be, was kind of pouting a little bit, didn't really deal with it very well. He apologized to Michael Malone after that game. But other than that, his all of his performances have been very strong. 
he his his shot distribution is going to be really interesting this year because I think one of the things that really stands out to me is that he's going to be a guy that people are like, okay, hey, if you just take one step back, you can get another point out of that, and you're taking a three instead of a long two. Uh, he makes a lot of those long twos, and he makes them, I think, at a higher rate than anybody really expects him to. Uh, so if he continues to make them, then people probably won't argue too much. But it, it could really benefit him long term if he continues to start taking those shots from beyond the arc. He had one in the face of a defender. I think it was Nicola Melli, uh, the the Pelicans big who who started tonight opposite Millsap. Uh, he had one and shot it in his face, kind of at, at about 26 feet straight on, and it was just right down the pipe. Looked magical. very good. It was magical. It really was. <laughs> he is. He's a a wonderful scorer, and he's he has that habit where he's he's got these two point jumpers. I think if he can make it three points, then that's just going to make him an even more deadly scorer, somebody who's even more valuable to his team because he's just making such tough contested shots and looking easy doing it. Yeah, well, and that's a backbreaker to the defense too. I mean, these guys can play perfect defense on him and he does, it doesn't really matter because he's going to score anyway. And I think it's important to note that a lot of his points came in the fourth quarter, like that three-pointer you mentioned, and then he had two really right. nice jumpers over defenders. It's also important to mention though, even though the Nuggets were down by it was like 15 or 20 points. They, the Pelicans still had a lot of their starting unit in there. I noticed that. I thought that, that was pretty that was pretty surprising. And, and like you said, that, that just adds credence to what he's doing. Like the Pelicans were trying at that point. It wasn't like they had given up and, and had gone full garbage time mode where they were playing all of their, their bench guys. Um no, it was very interesting. I thought, okay, let's moving moving to more of the negatives. I thought the Pelicans looked very fast for him on the defensive end. A yeah. lot of what the opposing team was doing, and this was kind of a a feeling in the preseason as well, kind of a a general thought that people had that that could be an issue. Uh, the defense is going to be a work in progress with him, but it's a work in progress with a lot of rookies, and and he just doesn't have that feel for it right now. But the only way to have that feel magically come back to you is to have experience. So it's it's a double-edged sword. It's a catch-22 that you're going to struggle in the minutes that he's out there, but he could also really change games for them. Yeah, well, you could tell he was trying, and he was giving a lot of effort on the defensive end of the court. One thing I did notice, though, is he seemed to leave his feet a lot. So right. he, he just needs to trust his height at that point because he's pretty much taller than almost everyone who else is on the court. So just trust your height. There's really no need to leave your feet. Just trust your footwork, and I think that's going to come in time. I mean, obviously, this is his first NBA action, but you could tell that he really was giving a consistent effort on the defensive end of the court. He was challenging shots at the rim. I know he didn't block any shots, and Mason Plumley had a really nice block off on the help side for one of the, the shots Michael Porter almost blocked. But again, he was giving really good energy, and I think if he keeps his feet on the ground more it's only going to help him out a little bit and he'll learn i mean it's one game and the defense wasn't great but he it can only go up from here and i think it will do you think he has to play like is there is there a requirement to play him or can the nuggets get by without him see just 
after watching him play, I don't understand why there would be no reason to just not put him in. Because you can tell how gifted he is and how special he is. Like, he was honestly, I know a lot of players played well tonight, but he was one of the best players on the court tonight when he had the ball in his hands. And it's really tough to keep a player like that on the bench. And we were talking about this earlier before he came on the show, but remember, he's a lottery pick. The Nuggets still invested a lot in him. He's the 14th pick in the draft, and a lot of lottery picks play and get an opportunity. So there's no reason that a guy who is a first-round pick, who is the 14th pick in the draft, who you took a chance on, shouldn't get playing time, especially when you saw how he played tonight. I mean, I thought the biggest thing coming into the year and how I always saw it with Michael Porter Jr. was he was going to get an opportunity eventually. Tonight, he got an opportunity with Will Barton down because of the toe inflammation, and Michael Porter made the most of that opportunity sure it wasn't perfect but it was really good and you could see how it's there and it's he's only going to get better by playing he's not going to get better by sitting the bench and watching because he's he's done that for a year he's done that for a year and he's done that through the, the first four games now he needs to play and you could tell tonight when he plays how special he can be and i think the nuggets notice that and i think that he's going to get a lot more chances and opportunities moving forward We'll see how that goes. We'll talk about that more in segment three. Uh, let's move on really quick to the bench woes because I think that this is a theme that has popped up over the over the first five games. The bench has had a lot of trouble scoring points. That righted itself a little bit tonight, but still not great. Uh, let's go over it a little bit more in detail. Uh, Monte Morris had nine points and eight assists. Eight so assists that's, are good. At, yeah, at, at its core, that is really nice. Uh, he was four of ten from the field, uh, not as nice, but it's a it's kind of a step in the right direction from where he was. He was shooting a really low percentage uh, going into this game, and he hadn't hit a three, I don't believe. I, I, but either way, no, he had not. He'd only taken or no, he. It, it's he only attempted two or something before tonight. It wasn't very many. I know that. Okay. What made him might have made one. Well, he made one tonight. He was one of one. Uh, that's something that is going to really stand out. Like, and it, I, I know we were just talking about the bench, but the team as a whole, seven of twenty-six from three tonight. The Nuggets have specifically said Michael Malone has specifically said that the goal is thirty-six to thirty-seven three-pointers a game. Being under that by ten, really bad. A lot of that has to do with the starting unit with Craig and Millsap being on the floor at the same time. It just kind of constricts the spacing for everybody else. However, the bench also scored or also shot very few threes. That's a problem. Um, either way, uh, Monte Morris, he didn't turn the ball over tonight. I thought he looked bad defensively against Frank Jackson. But either way, this is the step in the right direction I think that the Nuggets needed from him specifically. Seeing the floor a little bit more, uh, making some more shots that he needs to make. Uh, that's going to need to come in at a higher rate, but this was a good start. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And, uh, yeah, that three-point shooting is a little worrisome. I mean, the starters, just, just looking at it right here, were only two of 13 from three, which is just not good enough. And those other five threes came from guys on the bench. I mean, Malik Beasley did go three of six from three tonight, so that's a really encouraging sign for him. But still, then again, he only shot four of 13 overall from the field, so that's a little worrisome. It's one of seven from inside the arc, so that's not great. Yeah. Uh, but but either way, like Malik Beasley, I think his his defense has been bad. That's that's the story over the last week. I would say is that he was benched for it in the Sacramento game, 
I believe it was the second. Oh, no, it was actually the Dallas game. He was benched for it in the Dallas game because his defense was just atrocious. And that's a problem if you're looking to be a starter in this league. Like, you have to continue to show that you can be a consistent contributor on both ends of the floor every night. And you can't be a guy who has that massive, massive of a weakness. That's why... Malik Beasley's not starting at small forward. That's why the Nuggets aren't going three guards is because I don't think Michael Malone can trust each of those guys, and especially with Jamal Murray already out there. uh, You can't trust Malik Beasley to defend some of the tallest players on the floor even if the offense is going to be great. Like If if the defense is going to be this bad, that's a there's a reason why he's on the bench. Exactly. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. You, you take what you get. You get the really good offense, but then you get the the defense, the struggles, and and it's that's why Gary Harris is so valuable to this team because he really does bring it defensively. And I know he's been struggling a little bit offensively, but he hasn't been struggling to the point where oh, you you really notice it. So I think that that's why Gary Harris's value is so important to this team, and that's something that Malik Beasley needs to learn. Is he he's a really good offensive player, but he just needs to do the same thing defensively, and it, it really comes down to I think he has great effort defensively I just I don't know what it is I can't pinpoint it but he's got to find a way to to stop the guys he's guarding because it's going to make his life a lot easier and when you play really good defense it's only going to complement that offense and it's only going to give him more confidence going forward Mesa Plumley has probably been the most consistent guy on both ends of the floor he's he's had a consistent assist total he's rebounding the basketball he is being efficient when he's given the scoring opportunities Uh, He's been very positive, I would say. Uh, Can be taken advantage of on D at times. That's that's one of the things that has stood out to me over the last few games is that there are certain situations where he can't get out to defend the three-point line or he gets uh, muscled a little bit inside by a larger player. Jaleel Okafor kind of took it to him just as much as Jaleel Okafor took it to Nikola Jokic. So either way, like Mason Plumlee, there there are – definitely problems with a Mason Plumley led bench unit but he contributes a lot of those situ those those solutions as well uh does a pretty good job Jeremy Grant hasn't hit the shots like hasn't hit a lot of three point shots to be fair uh that three pointer is going to have to come back into focus if he wants to really play but I still love what Jeremy Grant brings uh, what is, what are some things that Jeremy Grant does that you're really excited about what he can do for the present and future with this team? I think the big thing that I really like when watching him is his energy. You can tell yeah. when he's when he's out there, his energy really is infectious to everyone on the court. I mean, he had at least three dunks tonight that were just they were just easy. And I mean, when he dunks it, it's almost unreal. I, I can't even like explain it because like he dunks it but he does it so weird it's like a quick layup but at the same time he's dunking it's unreal he's incredible his his energy is really good i think his energy defensively is pretty good as well and i mean he played 25 to minutes minutes tonight which i think is a pretty good number for him and he's seven to ten shooting from the field he did miss those two threes which i those are something that need to go down for him but again his energy is so infectious and he's still got five rebounds so i think that he he certainly did his part tonight and i think it's a really good stepping stone for him because he he had a good first four games but i don't think that they're probably where he wanted to be or where the nuggets wanted to be so i think tonight really was a step forward in the right direction and i think that energy is something that the nuggets second unit really needs and I think it's something Jeremy Grant provided and he certainly provided tonight even though it wasn't a loss 
He's going to have to shoot, though, on the second unit because Mason Plumlee doesn't really space the floor. Uh, he's going to have to figure it out. That's that's one of the things that's been holding back Denver is that Jeremy Grant just hasn't gotten off the off the the schneid uh, with his three-point shots. So if, if the Nuggets are going to stick with this current rotation, then he's one of the candidates, I think, that needs to really shoot because he's always on the wing. He's always in the corner uh, receiving those passes from Monte Morris or Mason Plumlee on kickouts or, or anybody like that. Uh, teams are going to be attracted to Malik Beasley on the perimeter and Monte Morris on the perimeter. Uh, they'll leave Jeremy Grant open. He has to be able to capitalize. Uh, that's that's one of the big things going forward. Uh, okay, let's take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll we'll do a quick segment of rapid fire questions going into the weekend. We will be right back. Denver Stiff Show. Ryan Blackburn here with Brandon Ewing. Let's wrap up really quick with some rapid fire questions. Uh, I've got five here that I think are important for the team going forward. The first one is, are you worried about this team right now? Like on a scale of one to 10 with your worry level being 10 is like, I am freaking the hell out. One is I'm not worried at all. Where are you with this team right now on their long-term outlook? Uh, I'm going to put it at one and a half. Okay. Hey, that's that's pretty low. Uh, explain. It's only five games, and I think it's it's really tough to judge a team on five games, whether it be if they're 0-5 or 5-0. I think it really is tough. You Once it gets to like the 20, 25 games, then okay, you could be a little worrisome, but... I, I think this Nuggets team has shown some really good things through five games. I've also think they've shown some really bad things through five games. It's just really tough to pinpoint a team through five games. I know a lot of this Nuggets team is the same as last year, except for the few additions like Michael Porter, like Jeremy Grant. But then again, it really is just five games. So I think it's really hard to have a panic meter. And I know it seems like when there's a loss – People freak out. They think the sky is falling. They think we need <laughs> to really trade. Do. We need to trade and fire everyone. And that, that's just that's just not the case. And like when there's a win, obviously everything's fine. So I think the the thing is when you get to like game number twenty, then you can say, okay, where's this team at? You just want to take the season in quarters, pretty much. There's eighty two games this season, so evaluate the team at each twenty. 20 game mark and say hey here's where this team stands so through five games i don't think i could be worried at all i don't i really don't think anybody should be either totally agree with you i think that my worry level is probably in between a two and a three somewhere in there it's a little bit higher just because i think a lot of the problems that i was thinking about in the preseason have come to fruition i kind of thought that this team would start off slow offensively because of the shooting uh, especially with Tory Craig in there, especially with uh, Will Barton and Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. Those guys are good shooters when they're on and bad shooters when they're not, just kind of like a lot of guys. There there aren't difference maker shooters out there. Uh, there are certain guys that are, but the Nuggets with, without Malik or with Malik Beasley out there, he is a difference maker shooter, somebody who's a 40% plus guy, but the Nuggets just don't have a number of those other guys like that. So, could Michael Porter Jr. be one of those? Maybe. 
But right now, Denver doesn't really have another 40-plus guy on their roster, and that's a that's a tough thing when you're when you need to build this team on shooting and and spacing the floor for a Nikola Jokic Jamal Murray two man game. Um, let's move into player of the week. If you if you had to pick one player from this week, the the games in question are the Kings game, the Mavericks game, and the New Orleans Pelicans game. Who would you pick? Who do you think deserves player of the week this week? Player of the week. Um, I'm not going to say Michael Porter Jr., even though I know I want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I kind of had that thought, but I think you have to play all three games, yeah. which eliminates Will Barton because he was out for tonight. Exactly. And again, I thought Will Barton was pretty good this week, and I thought he was really good in that Mavericks game. So it was tough that he couldn't build on that tonight. But uh, we touched on him in the last segment, and I think I am going to go Mason Plumley because I, okay. I think Mason Plumley has been very good off the bench. And, I mean, he had a reverse dunk tonight. So the fact that the Nuggets didn't win just because of that alone, I mean, when there's a reverse dunk by Mason Plumlee in a game, the Nuggets usually win. Someone needs to get a stat on that because I bet it's pretty and, high. And it was a cool reverse dunk. It wasn't the normal one where he just catches the ball right under the rim and jumps backwards. It was impressive. This was, this was one where he's on the move, moving from right to left, and just kind of dunks it right behind him like as he's running by. So that was pretty cool. It was very athletic. Uh, I considered him. I eventually went with Jamal Murray. I think that Jamal has really taken a, a, a small step forward, but a step forward nonetheless. Uh, his playmaking for others has been solid. The shooting is not there yet, but I think it says a lot that the Nuggets are kind of in this position where Jamal Murray is the player of the week. And nobody else has really taken that mantle because nobody's really playing well right now. I think that that we can say that there this this award that we're handing out, this Player of the Week award, is a little bit flimsy. Um, number three, who is the player that needs to forget this week the most? Player that needs to forget this week the most is Nikola Jokic because. I want to see him shoot the ball more. I want to see him score the ball more. And I think, again, he had a triple-double this week. But, again, the triple-double, did it really affect the outcome of the game? I don't think so. And I think even if you asked him, is, is his standards go, that, that wasn't really a vintage Nikola Jokic triple-double game. So I think that he needs to forget this week, needs to flush it down the drain. He needs to get aggressive offensively. He needs to put this team on his back. And I think once he does that, this Nuggets team is going to get back into the win column and they're going to get back into the win column a lot more often than they are losing. Totally agree. Uh, Nikola Jokic would be my guy, too. He His bar is just so much higher than everybody else, even Jamal Murray on this team. Like, you talk about an MVP candidate, a top 10 player. You can't just disappear. This is not a standard that people can let him go with. Uh, six shots is not going to get it done. Eight shots is not going to get it done. Unless you're giving effort in other areas where... Other guys are are benefiting from what you're doing and you being unselfish. I didn't think enough people benefited from that tonight because he needed to be selfish in a lineup that features Paul Millsap and Torrey Craig spacing the floor with guys not shooting well. He just needs to be aggressive and get to the cup and, and kind of take the burden on himself in these situations. But there there's just a disconnect there, I think, that... He doesn't want to do that, or he feels like he's incapable of doing that right now. And and that just has to change if the Nuggets want to go anywhere. Uh, next question. If Will Barton returns next game, does Michael Porter Jr. play minutes? 
You know, if we had to put it on a 0 to 100 scale, I would say there is a... I'll put it an 80% chance Michael Porter Jr. gets minutes if Will Barton plays wow. on Saturday. I really That will. is really high. It's I, You know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. <laughs> and, uh, a glass 80% full kind of guy, if you, if you don't say so myself. Exactly. Um, and then, I, I, I hope you're right. I think that he deserves it. Me too. I really hope I'm right as well. <laughs> he just... I mean, he just looks like a player who can impact the game. And and whether that's actually true or not, I thought the bench did a really poor job of getting him involved in his first couple of stints. Um, and oh, then I when agree. The fourth, I agree completely. Yeah, it's kind of like he was the, just standing in the quarter and, the, and they didn't want to give him the ball. It was weird. When the fourth quarter came around and, and things kind of spiraled a little bit, he took on that burden a little bit more, and I thought he did the most with it. Uh, we're going to see if that happens, though. I would put it at about... 35 percent i think that this is something that yeah it's it's tough i think that michael malone wants to go back to his primary rotation give it a little bit more give it a couple more games see how it goes and we'll see we'll see if that benefits them or or pays off at all he doesn't want to go away from tory craig if he can help it uh, because the minute he benches Tory Craig in favor of Michael Porter Jr. is the minute that things kind of it's it's yeah it really is tough to go back from that. Um, so we're just gonna have to see. But Will Barton is the starter. I think that we can we can deem that clear. Uh, Tory Craig is the starter. Probably not gonna go so well. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing I I would really like to see Michael Porter Jr. play the next game too is because he's in a bit of a rhythm now. I mean, he played 21 minutes tonight. The Nuggets have a day off tomorrow, and then they're back in action. So I mean, he's he's got minutes under his belt. He's in a rhythm. So the the worst thing I would want to see is for him to not play these next five games again, and then get thrust into duty again. Because I always thought coming into when Michael Porter Jr. is going to play his first minutes, I didn't think that they should come in garbage time or anything like that because that that's not good for him. It's good for him to. Get get thrust into the rotation like he was tonight because he knows his role coming into the game and he's ready for that so i think saturday if you can do that so he can build on tonight's performance i think it's only going to help him more and i think that's something that the nuggets should take into account it's very possible and and it would be tough to bench your leading scorer from this past game because that's what he was he, he led the team in scoring in 21 minutes so we're gonna have to see how that goes um Orlando on Saturday night. Who wins that game? Who do you, who do you think wins and why? You know, I really think the Nuggets will bounce back. I do. I think that they are going to have that aggressive mentality that we are talking about because I think it's something that they're going to realize like, hey, we got to get going from the jump. And Orlando, don't get me wrong, is a good team. They might be a playoff team this, this year in the East. But again, I think the Nuggets are a better team just like the Nuggets are against most of the teams they face. So I think the Nuggets need to have that mentality of, hey, we're going to go in here. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to get a victory because then the Nuggets are coming back to the Pepsi Center for a couple more home games. So this is their last game of the, the quick road trip. And I think that it's a lot better to, to go on a four-hour flight home with a W than it is with a loss. So I think that they are going to go in there and take care of business orlando's a really bad offensive team and a really good defensive team but the thing is they do a lot of the things and and they defend at a lot of the positions that the nuggets are weak at and they they struggle in the positions that the nuggets are strong in so we're gonna have to see how that goes i think that the nikola Jokic versus nikola vucevic matchup will probably decide most of this game 
Uh, Jokic should get up for that game too. He he really respects Vooch and will want to bounce back from whatever the hell he's been doing over the past couple of games. So, um, and then Jamal Murray going against DJ Augustine and Gary Harris going against Devin Fournier. If there's ever former a Nuggets matchup, legend, former Nuggets exactly. legends, my goodness, yeah, both of them, they've been great. Uh, I I actually really like each of those guys individually, but as a starting backcourt, it's really tough. Um. But if the Nuggets can't score points, like if if their primary guys can't score points against this team, then that's a that's a big indicator that there's a there should there should be some red flag stuff there. So either way, do you have any closing thoughts on this New Orleans Denver game before we get you out of here? No, my closing thoughts are that I just hope Nikola Jokic is more aggressive moving forward. I think he will be. I think he'll realize that because once he gets aggressive scoring the ball offensively for himself, it's only going to open things up for everybody else. And then the last thing i got to say is Michael Porter Jr., just play him and then just see what happens because I think it'll be a lot of positive things that occur. So put the guy in the lineup. It's going to be tough to keep number one out of the lineup after tonight's game. So uh, I hope he's back in there Saturday night. Very much agreed. Uh, I have enjoyed what I've seen from him thus far. Haven't seen a lot, but whatever it's been has been a positive thing for this Nuggets team. So if they need a boost, they know where they can go and get one. That's going to do it for this Denver Stiffs show. I'm Ryan Blackburn, site manager here at Denver Stiffs. Uh, Brandon Ewing on the other end has been great. He's been wonderful. Check out our content at denverstiffs.com. Check out the other podcasts on the Denver Stiffs podcast channel. We've had a lot of great stuff. The second episode of Breaking Basketball was wonderful. It was really, really good. And I'm surprised that not as many people are like enjoying it as I am because it is an enjoyable experience to listen to Nick Herzog narrate this season and how it could go. I have very much enjoyed it. So we'll see how that goes. But when uh, when we see you guys next week, hopefully the Nuggets are off the shtick that they're on right now. Hopefully the, we've got some wins under our belt. So that's going to do it here. We'll see you guys next week. 